Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of the Across the Board podcast. I am your host, Braden Reed, and today I'm joined by my good friends and fellow peers, Matt Richards and Cam Jones. Boys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So we'll get right into it. Um, around the NFL is the topic of this episode. First, as New England fans, the case for Julian Edelman as a Hall of Famer. Cam, you want to go first? Sure. Um, yes. Bottom line, yes. He uh, lives under uh, Tom Brady's shadow a little bit, but he is 100% a Hall of Famer. He has the numbers to back it up, too. Uh, he hasn't put up any uh, gaudy statistics in the regular season, um, sitting behind some of his other peers in Can- for Canton, Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Uh, he's only 240, he's 248th all-time in receiving yards, um, so that's not any statistic that puts him in the Hall of Fame, but uh, that's just the regular season. Edelman is the second in the NFL postseason history with uh, 1,412 receiving yards behind Jerry Rice, a Canton uh, alum. Uh, he's also behind only, Jer- only Jerry Rice with uh, 115 playoff receptions. He's tied with Irvin for second most. Right there, two Hall of Fame players. Uh, and he has the mo- second most playoff games with 100-plus receiving yards. Uh, and he ranks third in career receiving yards in the Super Bowl. He's clutch, and he deserves a spot in Canton. Yeah, I, I agree, Matt. I'll, I'll say something real quick. I want, I made a note to acknowledge his playoff performances because, obviously, a Super Bowl MVP, he's been a huge playoff performer them. He's come up huge multiple times and been a deciding factor. But if you look at the regular season stats, you can't, you can't make a case for the Hall of Fame with this uh, regular season stats. I think that's fair. He's gone over 1,000 yards twice, 100 receptions once in a nine-year career. Never made an all-pro team, let alone a singular Pro Bowl. Hasn't posted more than seven touchdowns in a season and never led in a major stat category. So, yes, his playoff performances have been incredible. He averages 47 receiving yards per game played. You know who that's behind? Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back. So, obviously not great. Like you said, 248th all-time on receiving yards behind Brandon LaFell, who is not a Hall of Famer by any means. Um, but again, great playoff performer. I don't want to take that away from him, but I don't think on his playoff performances alone that should solidify his spot in the Hall of Fame. Before you get going, Matt, I think if you can put up the numbers like he does in the playoffs, I think playoff performances alone is well-deserving well, when, of a playoff when, when you think of Hall of Fame wide receivers, you think of Randy Moss, obviously. Um, Terrell Owens, obviously, is another one. Um, all of those guys have performed in the regular season, done extremely well, set records, known as some of the best receivers of all time, and they haven't had huge playoff performances. I'd just like to see more consistent production from Julian Edelman year-round rather than just coming up huge, which obviously has contributed to multiple of Brady's rings. Six, we know. Matt, your so, thoughts? Yes, please. I'd like to hop in here and just let you guys know that the Hall of Fame is, quote, it honors the heroes of the game, uh, preserves its history, promotes its values, and celebrates excellence everywhere. Described by Adam Schefter, it's supposed to be a celebration of greatness, um, which can come in many forms. Julian Edelman did not have a history as a wide receiver in college. That's fair. It's fact. Here he comes into the NFL, right? Using his talents, obviously, as a wide receiver, he was still able to throw a 51-yard touchdown pass to Danny Amendola, in the playoffs, yes, but helping them win against the Ravens um, in the divisional round. He had a miracle catch against the Falcons. The talent to reach down, to focus on the ball that long, not, not every receiver has that. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Julian Edelman 
has the skill set and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, not only, at, at, yes, as a wide receiver, but because he can do so much more than just catch the ball for the Patriots. Players have been inducted into the Hall of Fame for single moments, single moments in history that have printed their names into the books, and they have been inducted to the Hall of Fame. I don't think so because of his deep fall fall off, but Malcolm Butler could make a case for me for um, becoming a Hall of Famer due to his single play, his single catch interception. Yeah, and I, again, playoff playoff uh, performances are a huge piece. I mean, he obviously has the record on those, but some more names. Chris Carter, Fred Blitnikoff, which there's about eight awards named after him. Um, Andre Reid, Jerry Rice, who I forgot to mention somehow. Lynn Swan, like these are some of the huge names in football. There's 25 names about that I'm eyeballing on here. Would you consider Julian Edelman one of the 25 best wide receivers of all time? I don't know if I could say that. But if you're making the case, you can be inducted into the Hall of Fame based on your playoff statistics and the plays you made and your performances there. Absolutely. I think he definitely could. But. Do you think Eli Manning is going to be oh, a Hall absolutely. of Fame quarterback? Well, he's well, he, been oh, terrible. Oh, well, he's been oh, terrible my goodness. Goodness. Right, regular season. He's had terrible recently, regular yes. season years. Recently, yes. He was top 10 quarterbacks, top 5, you could say, throughout those years when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowls. Oh, like... <sighs> 06 through 06 through 2012. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And dethroning that page that undefeated Patriots team obviously helps. Mm-hmm. That yeah. as well. The two Super Bowl rings obviously help. Definitely. But I think yeah, he's an example of a guy. Well, season performance. I think you're stretching helps. his regular season value. He's he's had some good years. But oh, he's no. had some subpar yeah, so years. Derek Carr had a huge year. Nick Foles had a huge year. Year. Nick Foles might be a Hall of Fame quarterback solely because of his playoff performances, mm-hmm. but he is definitely not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback because of his uh, regular season performances. So a fellow Eagle fan one sitting of the be- there one of the be- who one probably does touchdown interception ratios through a regular season. He went like 27 to 2, I think. One, one year. year. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure Eli Manning had one good year. I'm sure uh, Julian Edelman had right. one standout right. year that definitely uh, sets him up in the hall of- with Hall of Fame numbers. Fair enough. Matt, anything else to add about Edelman? I, d- I just want to point out one thing. So mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, right? Yep. Good quarterback, respected name. Since would you say Hall of Fame? Yeah. So, since 2006, right? So he he may be in the Hall of Fame. Right now he's not. Right? He's still playing. We don't know. He will be. Since 2006, for in my using this as my case, since 2006, right? Rating 92 or his lowest rating since then has, has been 82.4. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what quarterback 12, rating. 12, 13 years. Yes. Pretty right. good. It's it's not bad. Right. What has he done in the playoffs? Like he has done mm-hmm. nothing. nothing. Yeah. Right? He's done nothing. He, he, a is either not getting there, or B I don't even know if he's getting there. And he's just P- not piss poor performances. Honestly, it's horrible. His name is still in the books for for a Hall of Fame. So <coughs> this shows you the importance of regular season. But it would be solidified if he performed well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman playing well in the regular season, perfect in the playoffs. You have to say that helps solidify his case why he should be Hall of Fame. Agreed. I just don't think that. At enough. least in my eyes, he does. You can't just solely base it off playoff performances. I would just have liked to seen some more from him in the regular season. But who knows? We're not the guys who decide that for good reason, probably. Understandable. Watching a game, stats aside, I mean, we all know Julian Edelman's playoff stats are off the charts comparatively to his regular season stats. But stats aside, just watching him in the playoffs, you can clearly see that he is the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. When He's Brady has in the past Super Bowl. He had what ten or twelve receptions yeah. just in for one hundred and forty one yeah. yards. That's ridiculous stats, and it just shows you not how good he is as a player, but just how useful and how go to he is. And he had those stats Tom Brady. In, he had those stats in a defensive game. 
Right. Yeah. Like you can't like yeah. he's having he's putting those numbers yep. up compared to all the other receivers in that game who are just tanking. Like he shows up, biggest stage. Moving on to Kyler Murray. Cam and I share a popular opinion about this guy. Obviously, size <laughs> is the main um, issue with him. Some believed he could be as small as 5'8", 5'9", but went to the combine, measured in at 5'10", which is obviously huge for him. Russell Wilson, by comparison, is 5'11". We've seen him succeed at the college football level, obviously very well, um, a Heisman Trophy um, there. But, Matt, I want to hear your thoughts first about okay. why Kyler Murray will not succeed in the NFL. NFL, right? Who succeeds? The big boys. Tom Brady... So, I'm not kidding. Tom Brady is so much bigger. So, Tom Brady's, what, 6'4 six, six, and a bit mm-hmm. compared to Kyler Murray's meager possible 5'10", mm-hmm. right? So, let's just start with where he ranks in the draft class, right? People are saying he could go number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go one. Right off the bat, I'd take Dwayne, I'd take Haskins. Like, like, no doubt about it. Looks like Big Ben. Throws like Big Ben. And take ben, him over Murray? I would take him over Murray. Okay. If if you're a, a quarterback needy team, if you need a quarterback mm-hmm. now. Which, Ari- which Arizona doesn't, but we'll get to they that later. Don't. <laughs> That's what we'll get if, to that later. If Arizona so messes about up and takes a quarterback, A, if they take Kyler Murray or Haskins, either way, they're messing up because they don't need a quarterback. I don't think they'll take Haskins. The only real chance they have of taking a quarterback is Murray. If they're going to take a quarterback, yeah, we we'll, we'll get to, We'll get to all that. Keep talking all about right. Murray. If they, all right. Murray, first off, mistakes. MLB, you make more money and you... Yeah, well, and, that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, you make more money and you play the game for longer. But we'll stick to the fact that he is in the NFL now for some, for some dumb reason. and Going he, to be. Yes, he's going to be in the NFL, no doubt about it, right? He will be a major bust for, as an overall number one pick. He just doesn't have the size. He takes way too many risks that Johnny Manziel got away with mm-hmm. in college and that he got away with in college that he will not get away with in the NFL. Okay, um, so just a little statistic to counter the size argument. So a big thing for smaller players, obviously, has always been seeing over um, these offensive linemen, seeing through these defensive linemen. Uh, by comparison, passes batted down this past season. Daniel Jones, 6'5", 12 passes batted down. Drew Locke, 6'4", 8 passes batted down. Dwayne Haskins, 6'3", 5 passes batted down. Murray at 5'10", also with 5 passes batted, batted down. So obviously... Uh-huh. Sorry Scam. to cut you off. Uh, you do have to look at the team's offensive lines. Mm. Uh, the uh, Oklahoma offensive line uh, were the collective winner of the Joe Murray Award, recognizing recognizing the nation's best college offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get back to that, but uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just yeah, had to no. slide that in. So, yeah, obviously the offensive line being the best in the nation helps, but you do have to get the ball over those guys. And Murray obviously succeeded through that. He can move around the field really well. Um, I won't go into a lot of his stats, but he did lead all of college football in yards per attempt, total yards of offense, total yards per play, and touchdowns responsible for. I don't know if you guys watched that college football playoff game against Alabama, but he stepped up on the run, threw a ball 50 yards downfield, hit a guy on the money in the end zone for a touchdown against Alabama, one of the best defenses in the country. So I think this guy absolutely has what it takes to play in the NFL. The size might be there. He might not be able to take as many risks as he has been in college. But he moves better than any quarterback I think we've ever seen. He can move so well for his size. He's got incredible speed. He can outrun guys, and that wears guys down. By the end of the game, the big 6'6 defensive lineman that are chasing him, 
can't get to him, and they're getting tired and tired. So that's rush is getting less and less. I would agree with you with uh, his skill. I think Kyler Murray is the most talented uh, prospect in the draft, mm-hmm. except for uh, DK Metcalf. If you saw his combine, that's, <laughs> that's another whole story. But uh, back to Kyler Murray, I think his skill is over the top comparatively to the other quarterbacks in the draft. I would disagree with you, Matt. Uh, I think he was well-deserving of the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Tua had a great year, too, but uh, mm. I think he... Uh, it was well-deserved. He's, um, he's electric. Kyler Murray is electric. Yeah, I'm exactly. excited to see him play. Um, Boom his, or bust. His choice to choose uh, the NFL um, was uh, controversial at the time. He was guaranteed $4.66 million, uh, with a signing bonus. But if you look at, uh, in recent years in the draft, Baker Mayfield, who, sign, who uh, signed a signing bonus quickly after the draft, got... 11 million something mm-hmm. like that yeah he's gonna Way make money right away make. exactly um, so money really isn't a question anymore um and i think his skill does set him aside from the rest um and but back to the size argument i think there are many successful small quarterbacks in the league russell wilson best example right there he's in part he shows you what a quarterback at his height can do um and Kyler Murray, what? He's 5'9", 5'10", 5'11". It doesn't even matter. But what does matter is durability. Uh, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. He played four games and got hurt in one. Durability. He's now at the 49ers with the biggest contract. And is he going to be healthy to, mm-hmm. to play during it? I don't even know. Um, but durability. Back to college football. He lit it up. But again, his offensive line allowed 19 sacks in 14 games. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous stats. And it, to me, I don't see enough... To show you, to show me that he'll be durable and will withstand uh, an NFL position at quarterback. All right. So moving on to both of your guys, boys, Rob Gronkowski, mm. obviously retired uh, a few weeks ago. The question: Did he do the right thing? Do you think it was the right choice by him to retire? Uh, as much as it pains me to say, yes, Gronkowski did the right thing. No questions asked. It's going to hurt the Patriots. In, it's just going to leave a huge gap from our offense that brought us and won us the Super Bowl. Uh, but with a body like that, I mean, you got to get out of the league. Uh, he'll have advisors to keep his money in check, doctors mm. to fix that body. He's just got so much metal in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 50 years, the drugs he'll need to, to get walking are just... It's, yep. it's, it's sad, honestly. What he did for the Patriots will always be remembered uh, by our generation, definitely. Yep. Um, and... Just yeah, one of the, one of the, one of the best tight ends to do it. Um, yeah, obviously he's only 29, and the injuries have started to pile up, like you said. I took down some of them here. He's broken his forearm twice a couple years ago. Concussion, torn ACL, and an MCL on the same play. Multi, multiple herniated discs in his back, both through college and the NFL. He's fractured his vertebrae, and he had, an, he had another concussion in 2018. That's two concussions. I think there were definitely a lot more than that. It went unreported, I think. His personality, you can take one look at that guy and tell him his head's gotten knocked up a couple times. Um, but the money piece I thought was pretty interesting. I found out that he hasn't spent a single dime of his NFL contracts. $53 million in money that he's made from the Patriots has not spent any of it. He's lift off his endorsements. He's obviously smart with his money, whether that's him or an advisor. Um, he knows what he's doing with that, so that won't be a problem. But there's a lot of options for him down the line. Do you want to talk about uh, yeah, career sure. Back to his endorsements thing. Uh, you kind of brushed over that, that he lives off his endorsements. Yeah. I mean, he's made probably double uh, double his salary mm-hmm. through endorsements, so yeah. he's not struggling uh, whatsoever. But uh, back to Gronk retiring. It's a, it's a sad uh, sad sight for any Patriots fan, um, but it, it was the time. 
forget the statistic, but it's something like 11. He's had 11 surgeries in the past two mm. or three years, whether they were repairing something. But it's just too much for anybody to take, even Gronk. Right. Um, he's sad to see go for any football fan. Not even, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess if you're a Jets fan or uh, <laughs> <laughs> any uh, rival fan of the Patriots, you kind of want him out of the league because no one can really guard him. But uh, you could see as this, as the season uh, came to an end, it was wearing him down, and it was definitely taking a toll. Yeah, and he was he was dominant, and obviously he's a great personality. Um, so he's gonna have options as he progresses in life. Do yeah. you have something to add? Um, yeah, I would. So okay. options progressing in life, right? Yes. Fan favorite, Rich. <laughs> After Everyone football, loves him. he will have many of options to make money, to live a life of happiness for him, but. According to his agent, right, Drew Rosenhaus, mm. uh, he suggested that it would not shock him if Brankowski contemplates a return to the field at some point down the road. Now, my, in my opinion, I believe that Brankowski will return to the NFL oh. in, it's either going to be two or three years, he'll come back for Brady and Belichick's Last year, they will retire, I guess, again for Gronkowski and for the first time for the, for the other two uh, together. It'll be a ride. I don't know how successful they'll be, and I don't know how successful Gronkowski will be. But in my gut, knowing that man, I believe he will come back to the NFL. I honestly don't see a comeback. It's kind of all hype right now. Um, but uh, he definitely won't come back if the WWE gets a hold of him. <laughs> I could definitely see that in his future. It's a possibility. He loves the spotlight. He's either going to go to Hollywood or to uh, like WWE or some, some mm-hmm. uh, stage like that. Yeah, he was already in WrestleMania, obviously. Um, acting is certainly a possibility. I don't know if he has the IQ for broadcasting. <laughs> um, some sports talk, something like that. Another thing I saw was something along the lines of Barstool. Because a personality like that on that kind of platform would obviously be something to see. But he has a ton of opportunity. He's a big personality. Um, I'm sure he's not going to have a lack of job offers. He's going to do what he wants to do at the yeah. end of the day. We, it's his life now. He's, Braden, he's played football. Braden said it. he has like what, $54 million that oh, yeah. he hasn't even touched. Yeah. I mean, smart man. I'm pretty sure his parents told him to do that because mm. we know Gronk. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> One wild night on a yacht could spend that pretty quick. But, yeah, uh, no kidding. All right. Moving on to Odell Beckham Jr. Also earlier this month, uh, Odell Beckham was traded to the Cleveland Browns. In exchange for a first, third, and... Uh, Julius Peppers? Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers, not Correct. Julius not Peppers. Julius my, Peppers. My bad. Um, so obviously, the Browns, Mayfield, young at quarterback, they're one of the most dynamic teams in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Baker Mayfield, obviously, Nick Chubb at running back, Kareem Hunt after eight games. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., David Njoku, their tight end. Mm-hmm. All of those guys under 27 years old, one of the most dynamic offenses in the league. But I think the big question for me is do they have the experience necessary to really make a run this season? Back to the trade. Um, I'm going to start there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Giants won the trade. Really? Um, yeah, I do. I, How come? Um, I think the first-round picks more than people think. Um, Pepper's great player. Mm. He's going to strengthen their uh, their defense. Uh, and they're, they're, uh, they're an up-and-coming team. I hate the Giants. Um, mm. <laughs> as a Patriots fan, I hate the Giants. But uh, – I love uh, Saquon Barkley. He's amazing, and I like how they're building their team around him yeah. and their future around him. Yeah, uh, I think quite frankly, I think there's a big focus on the Eli Manning problem mm-hmm. right now, um, and that's Getting what people tend to focus on and how bad that team is doing centered around Eli a lot. But I think that team, obviously, after Eli 
um, has put out the pasture, they could be well, very they're, good. They're strengthening their offensive line, and yeah. uh, I, I honestly like what the future uh, holds for them. Uh, but but uh, back to uh, the Browns. Um, I think uh, Odell does fit into their uh, offensive mindset. I think their offensive offense is going to be deadly in general. Um, other than the fact that Jarvis Landry can't score a touchdown, I know that for a fact because he was on my fantasy football teams for the past four years. Um, that man can't get in the end zone. Um, but uh, I think their running game is extremely strong. Kareem Hunt obviously is suspended for eight games, but uh, Nick Chubb, Definitely showed uh, America what he can do. Um, Kareem Hunt, great player. He's gonna. They're both gonna solidify a run game. I honestly don't think both of them will work, but one of them is gonna come out on top, and it's it's all gonna work out there. Passing game, I think Odell and Jarvis Landry are very similar players. Kind of slants. They're very mm-hmm. fast, very quick, and can can catch whatever ball is thrown their way. Um, and I I liked what Baker showed to us uh, at the end of the year. I mm-hmm. think he actually could work out. Um, um, uh, I was wrong at the beginning of the year. I thought he was going to be a bust, but uh, I liked what he showed us. Um, but in the at the end of the day, are they going to win the win the AFC North? No, 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 no. Um, their defense still sucks, and there's they got rid of their uh, the coach that actually made the magic magic happen. Jets picked him up, I believe. Um, and they're not uh, their defense is too young and not ready. Uh, they need some more years under their belt, uh, and I think they may have it then. But it's it's going to be a long time till I can take the Cleveland Brown organization seriously. Uh, to add on to you, Cam here, Cleveland Browns are favored to win the AFC North according to Pro Football Focus, uh, which uses player grades, statistics. It's supposed to analyze future performance of a team. Uh, originally, no, they were behind, but uh, trading for Vernon Beckham Jr. and Sheldon Richardson. Obviously, when you look at that team, you just you see the talent and you think winners. But then you look at the Browns and you know they're losers. I mean, <laughs> my opinion, my gut, I know that they have a losing organization that will lose again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate to say it, at least this year. Uh, five years in the future, we may be having a different conversation. But they will not be winning the AFC North. Mm. Yeah, they're a young team, and I think that's their kryptonite right now, that they're Offense is very young. Uh, defensive line, even too. Miles Garrett is already a stud and is probably going to get even better, but still a young guy as well. They haven't won the division since 1989. Um, so, obviously, a long time coming for them. And people look at Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to win the division. I, they definitely are. Um, Pittsburgh, people look at Pittsburgh and say that's a dumpster fire. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell didn't play last year and they did fine. Antonio Brown, I th- obviously, is an all pro receiver, but I think Juju Smith Schuster. Is more than capable of Filling those playing shoes, that number sure. one role, and Ben, Big Ben's Big Ben. I think he gets a bad rep, but I think he's still a very good quarterback, and I think the Steelers are going to take it this year as well. Um, Browns, obviously, the brightest future, maybe in all of football. They're going to be one hell of a team to watch, but right now, I think the Steelers are. Yeah, and have G- the experience and are there. James Conner showed us uh, what mm-hmm. he can do. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, it showed it. It showed you uh, the the Steelers' offensive line showed. Uh, Showed America that you could plug any uh, real running back into the position and he'll uh, he'll light it up. Um, I think they've been great for the past five years. Juju Smith Schuster made a major step forward this year. He filled in and he's now an elite, top elite receiver in the NFL. He's going to have an even bigger role next year. Big Ben's uh, a uh, a slinger. He's always chucked the ball. He's had some games where he's had five interceptions, but he's also had um, he's had an amazing career. He's had games over 500 yards 
um, four or five touchdown games. He's had, he's had a great career. I think he could be a Hall of Famer. Um, but that's another another story for another time. But uh, the no one's going to talk not knock off the Steelers this year. Not in my mind. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Cam. Earlier, uh, and then Braden and you guys started to agree on something that I strongly disagree on. I do not believe the Pittsburgh Steelers, with what just happened in their organization, have the stability or the coach to to be AFC North champions. Uh, I see the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North, coming off a 10-6 and six season. They have a bright future. Uh, I'm sorry, you can laugh. Jackson, talent, coach, smart, been in the league. Well, all I'm saying is that I would, oh, I will pick the Steelers nine times out of ten if AB and Bell left like they weren't pricks. But they left, uh, like I said, they left and behind them just an, an organization in flames. They they really destroyed what I believe to be a stable organization. And you can argue all you want. Please feel free to attack me. But my prediction is that the Baltimore Ravens, coming off a ten and six season will either A, have a great year again, or B, have an even better year. And I, I agree with the statement that the Steelers are a bit of a mess right now, but I think it often gets overstated by the media. Um, they see this Le'Veon Bell thing and Antonio Brown thing. It doesn't happen um, quite often no. in football. It's more of an NBA thing to me. MLB um, right MLB now, currently. sitting out, and it's not like an uh, NFL thing. It's an 11-man sport. You need everyone to win games. Um, but... The Steelers, I think, has been have been a bit overblown. They still have experience. They still have a ton of talent. Um, I don't think Antonio Brown. Obviously, it's going to hurt, but I don't think it's going to absolutely kill their offense. I still have them winning the division. I think the Ravens and Browns duke it out for a second. I agree. Uh, to me, uh, not having a passing game, the Baltimore Ravens is kind of a joke. I, it was amazing how their season ended. It was amazing how far they made it. I was completely shocked. But you, you can't simply have a have a uh, successful season um, by running the ball every time. Lamar Jackson is only so elusive. He's going to get hurt with the rate he's running the ball, um, and he can't pass the ball. He's proven how horrible he is as a passer. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he his completion percentage was below five, uh, 50% um, for most of the season. And the Steelers are still the Steelers. They have... Uh, they have uh, the players. I think Big Ben has another one in his uh, in the tank, and he's still a great quarterback. And the Browns, uh, the Browns are young, upcoming, and they need time. They also have a tough schedule. We haven't even looked at the schedules, but I know they have a tough schedule. They have to play the Patriots, the Texans, I believe, the Colts, all great teams, and it makes uh, makes uh, a winning season less and less uh, reasonable and realistic. Now a word from our sponsor, Matthew Tartaglio. Hey, it's Tags. Uh, listen to the podcast. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Tags. And now back to the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell situation. Personally, um, I didn't like the way each of them handled it. Uh, like I said, I thought it was more of an NBA thing than an NFL uh, situation. But it just created a me-first impression of them, kind of a diva attitude, something that I don't particularly like, especially in a team sport. Um, but wanted to know your thoughts on that as well. Definite uh, diva look. Um, it's just sets a bad precedent. I think both players are making pl- plenty of money. Mm. They're playing it. Let's let's remember they're playing a game. Um, and yes, it makes millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars. It's billion dollar organization uh, 
league organization, but uh, I think it's wrong of them to sit out, uh, not show up. Le'Veon Bell not even showing up, and he's they shouldn't. The Steelers should not allow him to just move on. It's it's sets a terrible precedent. It's mm. bad for the league. It's I agree with you. It's like it's an NBA thing. Um, it should not go on in the NFL. And it's it's terrible for football going yeah, forward. And Le'Veon Bell actually ended up getting less money, less total money yeah. from the Jets, thirteen <laughs> annual value over the fourteen that he was going to get to play from for Pittsburgh. the Jets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to go to New York and play for the Jets instead of a winning team in Pittsburgh. Same thing with Antonio Brown. You saw how over the top he was acting um, throughout this whole situation. He ended up getting dealt for a third and a fifth. When I know it doesn't matter to him at the end of the day, but that just shows you how little. He was valued by the rest of the league after that thing. That exactly. people weren't even willing to give up a first round pick for an all pro receiver. And I hate the Steelers, but I'm for I'm with them in this whole off season thing, especially with Antonio Brown. I love how they sent him to the Oakland mm. Raiders. It's kind of like the Patriots did with Collins years ago. They sent him to uh, the Browns. Like if he's <laughs> if he's a good player and he's kind of uh, sour in your organization, throw him somewhere where he's not going to win. And back to Antonio Brown. He had Ben Roethlisberger uh, throwing to him. No wonder he was such a he's such a great receiver. He was under Ben Roethlisberger. He had the chucker of all quarterbacks thrown to him. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger throws deep, sixty percent of his passes. That's a made up number, but come on, watch him on TV. He chucks the ball, and uh, Antonio Brown's never going to have the stats. Never going to do as good as he was in Pittsburgh, and he uh, he threw that uh, threw the money away and threw that uh, opportunity away. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does in Oakland. Uh, moving on to the draft upcoming later this month. I think the 26th is the first night that it starts. Um, obviously some big names going there. But as far as the Patriots go, with you being a Patriots fan, um, Gronkowski replacement could be in the works. Tom Brady replacement could be in the works. A lot of different directions the Patriots could go. want to know what you were thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, draft insiders are already saying it's the year of tight ends. Uh, I love both tight ends out of Iowa. I think they're both solid players, solid tight ends, and they're going to do great in the NFL. Um, I believe uh, Hawkinson, I think he's going to be the next Gronk, they're saying, but I think he'll slip. Uh, he'll go early, and he won't uh, slip to where the Patriots are. Um, but uh, if they if they can get uh, Fant, the other Iowa tight end, he's a great player. But uh, I believe they, uh, they had Smith Jr. come in. Uh, he's the tight end for Alabama. He had a great year. He's uh, 6'2", 242. Uh, he can block, he can catch, I think. Uh, but any of those three would be solid options. If they can trade up, I would go for it if you mm. can get the next Gronk. Um, Hawkinson's supposed to be the best blocker in the draft, and uh, he can catch the ball for sure. He showed you in uh, college football. But any of those three tight ends would be great options early in the draft. Late in the draft, I'd love to see a, I'd love to see them get a quarterback. Or, uh, I mean, it's been in the news, them trying to get Rosen. If uh, the Cardinals end up uh, taking uh, taking Murray uh, for first overall, uh, I don't think Rosen uh, is going to fit in the organization anymore. He kind of fell off at the end of the year, but I still see him as a valid quarterback and uh, in the NFL. And uh, under Tom Brady, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time, I think he uh, he can shape up and turn into something uh, worth worth uh, worth something and can be an actual quarterback. In the NFL and can take the fill in the shoes of Tom Brady, huge shoes to fill, but uh, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, segueing off of a uh, Rosen and that whole Cardinal situation, 
I think the rumors swirling about Kyler Murray. I know they've met with Bosa, but that's been said. It's just a smokescreen that yeah. Murray is their guy, and it's one of the worst kept secrets. I think at this point, this relationship between Rose and the Cardinals is broken beyond repair. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can have all these rumors and he'd be when you're Josh Rose and be hearing about how great this Kyler Murray guy is and how he's going to come in and replace you at the Cardinals. And you've heard that the Cardinals are interested in taking him. I don't know if there was conversations going on there in Arizona between him and the team, but I think this relationship is done. I don't see how it can work out after this, even if they don't take, if they do take Kyler Murray. Um, Rosen obviously isn't suited for a backup role, and he'll be need to dealt need to be dealt somewhere else. He was behind the worst offensive line in the entire league last year. Terrible. His best receiver was a 35 year old Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. I think if you send him to a place like New England, even to a place like Washington, quarterback needy teams that are ready to succeed, just missing that piece. I think he can develop into a great quarterback. He was great at UCLA, and he was a top 10 pick for a reason. I think he could be very good in this league. I agree. Um, you couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, so moving on to DK Metcalf, obviously a guy who crushed the combine. Um, huge body, 6'4", around 225, give or take. Um, looks like a football player. Looks like a creative player. Um, 28, uh, 28 reps on the uh, Incredible, bench. yeah, and his it's vertical ridiculous. is insane. His 40-yard dash was around a 4-4. The main thing that I saw that I wasn't too impressed with was his three-cone and his shuttle, which tracks – is supposed yep. to show his acceleration, deceleration, in and out of Quickness. routes. Horrible. They were worse than Tom Brady's, I think, is what it said. He improved them at the pro day, but they still weren't that good. I'm not super high on this guy. I've seen the Bills and some mock drafts taking him at eight, which I think is way too early for, <laughs> unless it's the guy like Julio Jones who has gone in the top five. I don't see why you would take a guy there. He's an absolute freak of nature, but I don't see him being a top ten pick. It's funny you say that. I didn't know the Bills were interested in him that early. Uh, He reminds me of Kelvin Benjamin. Um, Mm -hmm. Kelvin Benjamin, I mean, obviously didn't have the pro day that uh, Metcalf did. He didn't light up the combine, but uh, he's another built receiver. He's very tall and lacks quickness, and you see it in the league. He's slow. He can catch the ball, but he's slow, and he Mm -hmm. can be covered very very easily. If uh, if that's the case and his quickness just isn't there, I agree with you completely. He's... uh, yeah, It'll be a bust. And the corners in these league, they're all fast. They're all 4-5, four, 4-4 four, four runners. And now they're 6-1, six, 6-2, six, exactly. six, They're getting bigger, and they're fast. So the running with him isn't going to be their main problem. And obviously, if they're able to break down and run with him when he's breaking in and out of routes, that's obviously good. And that's obviously going to lower his value. Uh, anything else to add? I think I'm uh, talked out. All right. Well, I appreciate both you and Matt coming on. Matt had to go a bit early. Um, but appreciate you guys both coming on for the first episode. Um, I hope you all listening enjoyed, and we'll be back next week with an NHL episode. Thanks, Kim. Thanks.